Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series on the Success Insight Podcast. The Outdoor Adventure Series celebrates individuals and families, businesses, and organizations that seek out and promote the exploration of the great outdoors. Our guest today is Rick Says. Rick is an adventurer, author, an accomplished photographer, and a podcaster, and he is the host of the Outdoor Biz Podcast. Rick is committed to helping as many people as possible learn about, enjoy, and get energized by outdoor and adventure travel experiences. Rick, welcome to the Outdoor Adventure Series on the Success Inside Podcast. Thanks, Howard. It's great to be here. It's going to be fun. I no doubt will. And, you know, for our listeners, as usual, in the spirit of full disclosure, I met Rick at the Outdoor Adventure Writers of Association. What am I saying? Outdoor Adventure Writers, the Outdoor Writers Association of America's annual conference in Vermont early in this past August. And Rick is, as I had shared in the notes, a podcaster. And I thought, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to bring another outdoor adventure enthusiast and a podcaster, uh, really to kind of hear his story and what, what has driven him in this direction. So Rick, once again, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm uh, excited. That was a great, a great uh, conference, man. I don't know what you got out of it, but I got a ton out of it. You know, I got a lot. And I guess the question for, for you, one of the, that I want to ask is, was this your first conference for the Outdoor Writers Association of America? Yeah. Yeah. First time. Wow. And, you know, something, this was mine as well. I had just joined it early. Actually, it was early this year. Oh, my God. Time okay. just flies so quickly. What <laughs> what brought you to the outdoor, what OWAA, what brought you to them? Well, I know Ches Chesick, the, the executive director from his days in adventure travel. He was with the Adventure Travel Trade Association, I think maybe when I was with Eagle Creek. But maybe, maybe it was after that. Anyway, he was connected to that. So our adventure travel connection connected us and then he he I, and then he saw me as the podcaster i don't i'm not a, a media guy i just stumbled on the podcasting thing and he said hey you know he knew my outdoor background and said why don't you join this so i joined i think i've been a member a couple of years and it's just i've gone to a couple of you know their webinars they have and just learned so much from so many of those people because i need all the help i can get on the media side of this the promotional all that stuff i'm a sales guy i don't know media so you know great. i i I found them through actually a, a publicist that I work with and she sends me her book authors and she had said, you know, you really ought to check these guys out. And I was just really fortunate to be able to, you know, pursue this, meet Chaz and learn more about it and to attend the conference. And so you've got two years on me, so I got to catch up with you at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Well, I've only been to one conference, but some of those webinars are great and they're great, you know, after going to the conference, it's just all great people. So it's all- I, I, I thought the everybody was really nurturing. It's like, you yeah. know, what do you do? How do you do it? What can I do to help you? Yeah. And that that's what I like. There's so many conferences. I mean, again, you're as you said, you're a sales guy, and you go to a conference, everybody's trying to get you to buy something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Looking forward <laughs> to the next one. 
Me too. Uh, we I have to figure out how to get to Casper. Like like Vermont is not an easy place to get to. Okay, I can drive to Casper. It's it's a couple of days, but it's a beautiful drive, and I can fish along the way. So I'll drive. Oh, that's not bad. I think I'm about twelve hours, so I, I may just do that myself. Yes. Well, listen, you know, for our listeners, I'd love if you could share a little bit about your background and how you got into this the outdoor space and you know, the world of photography and eventually we'll get to the podcasting, but, yeah. you know, just uh, definitely want to hear that journey of yours. Yeah. You know, I, I got into the outdoors as a kid. I mean, my, my grandfather hunted and fished and my family camped. We had a 1959 Airstream trailer when I was growing up. And so we take that out on weekends camping and stuff. So I've been camping and fishing and hiking and hunting since I was a little guy and I, in school, I was pretty good at architectural drafting in, in um, high school, won a couple of awards, and was originally planning to go to school to be an architect. And the school's program had a great program, Cal Poly Pomona. But in order to get in, you had to take the, the as a freshman, the, it was impacted. You couldn't get in as a freshman. You had to wait a couple of years and do all your general ed stuff. And I went to a high school where I was fortunate enough to get A's and B's without taking a book home. So I didn't know how to study. Oh my. So went to college, basically was, you know, getting horrible grades. And the school said, look, you need to go get your grades up and come back and see if you're serious about this or we're going to kick you out. So I left the, the college and went to a junior college and took a wildlife law enforcement class and an environmental biology class. And that's when I really got exposed to, I would say, the professional educational side of the outdoors. I didn't realize you could get a degree in, in outdoor recreation or anything. And the wildlife biology class was phenomenal because the guy had slides of um, Glen Canyon before it was flooded. And so he showed those slides and saw the beauty and whatnot. And, and I was thumbing through the Cal Poly Pomona catalog and saw outdoor recreation and realized I can get a degree in outdoor recreation and went back and switched majors. And I thought my dad was going to kick me out of the house, but I, I struggled through it and ended up getting a master's degree in outdoor recreation. And that just sealed the deal for me as my love for outdoors. And through that, you know, became, a, I was teaching at a part of the thing when I graduated college was I had to get an in, do an internship. And I did it at a sixth grade outdoor camp in San Diego, where you taught outdoor educational courses. And then as, as, as a teach, the teaching schedule is you have summers off. So one of the guys I was teaching with asked me if I wanted to help him run an outdoor camp up on the Kern river, the Kern plateau in the Eastern Sierra. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. He says, well, the only thing is you have to go there, to go to their river guide school first. It's a river guiding company. I said, oh, well, okay, twist my arm, you know, so I go <laughs> learn how to become a river guide and was just hooked on that. So I river guided for six years, ended up not doing the, the camp with him and then the camp didn't end up going anyway. But and then through river guiding, some buddies and I opened a little retail slash guiding shop in Kernville and we guided and did, did mountain bike trips and rock climbing trips and rafting trips and whatnot. And the summer ended and we were going to have a little retail shop. And they said, well, you used to work at, at retail. I worked at Adventure 16 down in San Diego on weekends while I was still at the outdoor school. And they said, why don't you go to the outdoor show and figure out some stuff for us to buy in the store? So I thought, okay, well, I'll go see what I can do. So I went up there and through friends of friends met the group that was bringing the brand Mont Bell into the U.S. for the first time back in 1989. And long story short, they ended up hiring me as a sales rep. So I left the river guiding outdoor little outdoor shop and became a sales rep for Mont Bell. And that got me into the outdoor 
industry side of things, the retail wholesale business and as a sales guy. And then from there, I, you know, left Mont Bell and worked at Eagle Creek and customer service and ended up as sales director there. I was there for 10 years. I ran the brand Dana design for a couple of years, great backpacks. I worked at low pro camera bags, you know, just, you know, I was in, I'm into fly fishing. So I had a stint with Uncle Feather Merchant. So a bunch of different outdoor brands for, you know, I'd say 20, 25 years as an outdoor sales guy, which was great. I mean, it's just fantastic experience. And then the low, sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll Oh stop. no, I was just gonna, I mean, it's amazing how one thing just built on, on another yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty incredible. I mean, it was just a fortuitous calamity, if you will, you know, I mean, just you get, you lose one job for one reason or the other and you stumble into another one. And, and I got laid off from low pro low, the camera bag business was struggling for a while. You know, the photo business is really, it's a, it's a challenging business and low pro was B they were owned at the time by a VC firm and they were in the process of selling to Viatech who owns them now. And there was a lot of consolidation and layoffs and I was caught not the last round of layoffs, but one of the later rounds of layoffs. And I was over 50 years old and I saw this coming. So I'd been, you know, throwing up my resume and not getting any luck and thinking, man, over 50, I may never work again. What the heck am I going to do? So I've lived off and on here in Bishop, California. So I moved back to Bishop, got a job with a buddy of mine who had a little consulting firm and we did some product design work for some brands and, and, while I was working at Low Pro, I was living in Alameda and I had a 45 minute one way commute. And that's when I started listening to podcasts. I hadn't listened oh. to podcasts for a while. Okay. And I listened. And then back then, you know, that's when Tim Ferriss was real big and Pat Flynn and all those guys, John Lee Dumas, you know, they were just becoming the, the celebrities of podcasting. And Pat Flynn had the How, do, how I Built This, or no, that was yeah, Guy Raz, but Pat Flynn had a podcast where he, talked about all these businesses people started and, and, but the Tim Ferriss show was my favorite one. He wrote the four hour work week. Oh yeah. Thought, great book. Great book. Great podcast. He goes long sometimes, but yeah. he interviews all his, his, and I, his buddies that he runs around with. And I thought, you know, Tim just talks to all his friends. I could talk to all the people I know in the outdoor industry and start an outdoor podcast. Sure. So I did a little research and realized that at the time there weren't that many outdoor podcasts and I wanted to create a unique angle. So hence the biz part of it and, and the outdoor biz, I can get the advice and, and tactics and things that everybody uses from sales reps to brands to whatever, you know, to product designers. So, and I, I kind of followed the Tim Ferriss prescription. He had some, some training and education on how to get started. And he said, you know, don't go buy a bunch of equipment. Don't go commit to doing 200 episodes, just test drive it. See if you like it. So I had some recording equipment. I had a few friends around locally that I could interview. So I did three, four, five episodes and I loved it. It was just so much fun. And here we are this week. I just dropped episode 301 drops tomorrow. So it just turned out to be a really good thing for me. That's fantastic. Now 301, this is cumulative since you started or? Yeah. Yeah. Every Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, just, I'm trailing you just a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> It's not about the number. Oh, it's not. You know, something that what I love about it, and, and I, I say this almost after every episode is like, wow, I just learned something new today from someone. And I look at it is you're every time you have a podcast, you're building a new relationship. Yep. And yep. And, and that's what is to me phenomenal about you know the, this medium. So as you got involved with the podcasting, what level of effort was involved with 
you know, producing this because a lot, a lot of people, as you well know, and again, I'm probably talking to the choir now is, you know, they, they come to you potentially and they say, Hey, I'd love to be on your podcast. Yep. And they have no idea the level of effort that goes into producing the podcast, <laughs> yeah. which is mind boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, was that a surprise to you? It's just everything that went into pr- producing an episode. I, th- I thought it was relatively simple. And I think because I had so much experience editing and producing photos and things, right? So, mm-hmm. and the soft, I use, I have obviously use Adobe Photoshop and InDesign and all those things. So Adobe Audition fit right in there. But the first few episodes I did were in GarageBand. And it just, it, the workflow is, you know, you get the content, like you capture the photo and then you have to do a lot of things to the photo to make it saleable. Well, you, you capture the audio and you have to put it together this way. And, and some of the early training out there, and if you listen to enough podcasts, you realize, okay, somewhere there's music in there somewhere there's an intro and an outro. And so, you know, you can figure that out pretty quick. So it was really, I thought that part was pretty simple and I had no problem getting guests. I mean, it was just, I, well, I shouldn't say that. In the early days, the outdoor space didn't really know or line up the podcast. They had the outdoor industry had the same challenge, I think, when when websites were a thing. I was a sales guy at Eagle Creek when websites were a thing or becoming a thing, and we were trying to convince retailers that you know you need a website. That's another sales channel for you. You know, so that was a little bit like pulling teeth way back in the early days. Now everybody's got a website, but the same thing was happening to some of my guests. Well, I don't know if I could be on a podcast. I said, no, just come on. It's just like you, it's just a conversation. We're just going to chat, you know, and being a sales guy, I have, I guess this learned ability to ask a bunch of questions. And I'm just curious as a result of all those sales years, you know, so the, the interviewing part, just, I was surprised how natural that came. I thought that was going to be my biggest challenge. You know, I think I think that's really interesting because my background years ago was IT. And as I tell people, I'm a recovering IT business <laughs> consultant. But as a coach, I'm used to asking questions. Yeah. And there's a natural curiosity. And I think it's it's the same, you know, for you. You're just yeah. you're used to having a conversation. You, you know, as a sales guy, you're used to helping the, your client really articulate what their needs are. What are they look, looking for? Problems they're trying to solve. Yeah. And with your podcast, the Outdoor Biz Podcast, it's kind of like deconstructing the journey that your guests have gone through, how to bring this, this product to market. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And I really wanted to share the story of these folks too, because we all have not only wonderful, interesting adventure stories, that part of it, but some of the things that some of these guys have done, like I've been fortunate to interview founders of brands, you know, iconic brands like Eagle Creek and, you know, people that are just created the industry. Because when I got started in the industry, it was, I remember the first few trade shows were still tiny little trade shows in the bottom of the Reno Hill. You know, they weren't these big, massive things at the Re- at the Denver Convention Center or, or Salt Lake City Convention Center. They were pretty tiny. And now it's a multi-billion dollar business. And influences politics and all kinds of things so it's it's i grew i've my my career grew up along with the industry itself so that's pretty cool as you are bringing guests on to the outdoor biz podcast again you're you got a lot of contacts in the industry what are what's their i don't know the questions that did did they come to you with this is what we want to get out of it or hey i've never done this before this is this is new for us how are you helping them navigate this new medium 
Yeah, you know, it's all over the boards. I, I really, the first thing is, you know, I ask them, I ask them about their outdoor, how they got into the outdoor. I, I find that fascinating. How did you get, what, how'd you fall in love with the outdoors? Tell us about your first outdoor experience. You know, I interviewed Nick Sargent from Snow Sports Industries of America the last week, and I asked him, you know, being a ski snow snow sports guy, I said, so tell us about your first time on skis. You know, what, what was that like? And how about your most recent time on skis? So all, it's a lot of outdoor quest, questions about how they fell in love with the outdoors. And then we get into the business part of it and tell us what you do and how you do and why you do it. And, and then I, I kind of follow the, the Tim Ferriss wrap up. I'm really an avid reader. So I like to know what everybody's reading helps me add to my book list. And then I always, I love gear being a gear. I think all of us in the outdoor space are gear junkies. So I just love to know their favorite piece of gear under a hundred dollars. Cause that, that puts a little pressure on them. You know, that's a pretty tricky question to answer, but so yeah, it's just a curiosity thing and, and just, trying to find out their story and share. Cause really, even though the podcast got started for me, I didn't have anything to do, wonder what I was going to do. It's really about sharing all these great stories that, you know, we go to this trade show a couple of times a year and I got to tell you, Howard, it's like a high school reunion now. I mean, I've been doing it for 30 years and I've grown up with these people. So you walk the aisles, you can't get down an aisle to your next appointment without stopping five or six times to say hi to somebody, quick hug, I got to go. And some of the stories that are told in those aisles, especially after three o'clock when the beers come out, <laughs> they may never get shared again, you know? And that's really the catalyst for the show is I want to share those stories with the world. And so that's what I aim to do. You know, when we were at the conference, you had your gear bag and you pulled out your your Zoom H6. And by the way, I have my Zoom H6 right on my desk. Nice. And and actually, I have to thank you, by the way, Rick. I got to thank <laughs> you. Is I have been recording directly to the, my PC on Zoom. And I have decided, you know, I'm going to go back to recording on the H6. So I've got really good quality sound. Now I'm working through the logistics of how do I get my guests to record directly onto their computer? Oh. as opposed to me recording you know via zoom yeah yep. that's that's my little over the holidays okay <laughs> let me figure out the logistics of that one yeah but the the idea is you had your gear bag and i'm thinking as you're talking about the these conventions that have grown up they're getting larger you're you're walking down the aisles are you doing any interviews like on location in the moment with with your guests you know, I'm not doing enough. I don't do, I think I've actually only done a handful of them. It's a, it's a really busy show and most people are there to do business. So I want to be mindful of that. I don't want to take steel time away. They're all off and running and, and I think they get hit by enough media folks and I know everybody well enough that I can go back and we can hop on a phone call and I can get good audio and good quality video. But some, I've done a few. I did a, a six person conversation in a bar a couple of shows ago, which was pretty challenging audio wise and interesting. Turned out pretty good, but it's just, I try not to do that, but I have done it. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I noticed in your, your show notes, you've done a lot of traveling overseas, you know, Antarctica, was it Karnali <laughs> river, Nepal, Caucasus. And first of all, there's a little envy going on, Rick. So again, <laughs> full, full disclosure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty traveled. lucky, pretty yeah. lucky. Oh my God. <laughs> But I'm thinking if you have equipment like, you know, the, the H6 and you got a couple of mics, you could literally take and, and, and interview someone anywhere. Anywhere and, in the world. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking that in itself is a great opportunity, you know, if not for you or myself, but for someone else is just take this, take this equipment and because you never know when the opportunity is going to come to interview someone. Yeah. I I take any opportunity I can to go record outside. You know, if there's an opportunity if someone's passing through or I'm going to be in an area, you know, like at the, at that convention, Mandela interviewed me down by the stream one afternoon, you know, so I try to use that opportunity as much as I can, but I still don't do it enough. And one of the original visions for the show was to find enough or the right sponsors to be on the road. You know, I don't know if you remember in California years ago, there was this Huell Hauser had this outdoor show where he came on once a week and he'd be up and down California somewhere interviewing somebody at some place. And matter of fact, the, the guy I worked with at Eagle Creek, for 10 years, Tim McGuire, a uh, sales guy, a sales buddy of mine. We worked at, at uh, A16 together and then Eagle Creek together. He calls me the Hugh Hauser of the outdoors. So that was one of the visions was to be able to, to find enough sponsors to do this on the road, go interview them in their environment, whether it be in the, you know, down by the river where they're getting ready to put in and go on a whitewater raft trip or a climbing adventure or in their factory, whatever it might be. So that's still kind of one of the one of the things that I aspire to, but yeah, it's, I, I need to do a lot more of that. Funny story there though. The first ep- interview I did outside, I completely botched. It was with Jim Thompson, one of the founders of, oh, I'm doing a blank on I can't believe it. Back, not backcountry, wilderness experience. Jim and his brother, Greg. And he's a big, you know, always been a big hero of mine, good friend of mine. And I got a couple of lav mics and I got my H4. We're down by this stream, have a couple of beers open. We're talking, I can see everything moving on the H4, but I can't hear it in my headset. I thought, well, the needle's moving. It's got to be working, right? The light was red and all that stuff. So I, we sit there and talk for, I don't know, hour maybe. I get back and I got nothing. And I had to go to him and say, Jim, I hate to tell you this, but man, I got zero. It was just so embarrassing. But it, it couldn't have to be a better guy. He was totally understanding. We redid it and got it. But you know, you got to be careful when you're working with all this stuff, as you know. Oh my. And you know, it, you just brought back a, a similar story. I, I used to have a radio show for a short time and it's, oh, cool. it was like, it wasn't as cool as it sounds, but, <laughs> but I had this guy, CEO of this organization down in, in Southern California and the people that were producing the episode, something happened on their end. And so mm. I actually had to go back to this guy and say, you know, something happened. And I'd like, would you mind doing this again? And he was all over it. In fact, the second interview was much better. But it brings up this point, though, is that, you know, even here, you know, I'm in the comfort of my home, you're in the comfort, at least I'm, I'm, you've got great sound. So I'm assuming you're in your studio at home. (laughs) You know, you have to plan and have these redundancies, because you never know when something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You have to have backup, backup, backup. Yep. Yep. You yeah. never know. And you never know too. When, you know, when Bishop here, sometimes the power goes out, I've had, I've been midstream and the wind, you know, they shut the power off for some reason, you know, the wind's blowing or it's fire danger or whatever. So it's, yeah, you got to cover yourself. What do you do when something like that happens? Well, I have to wait till the power comes back on to do anything because I can't even phone, make a phone call. So, you know, they, they lock it all up. So I, all I have is my phone. I don't have a landline or anything. Okay. Here. So yeah, yeah. Wow. And I, but I, I. That's one of one of the things that I talk about in my my pre-interview speech, right? Hey, by the way, just so you know, I'm in Bishop, and if something goes down, I'll call you eventually. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, I when I was 
starting the podcast, I was still back in Chicago because I've only been in Vegas for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I lived on Michigan Avenue and you would get ambulances and, and fire <laughs> trucks and police cars going up and down the street. Yeah. And sometimes it, it, it almost seemed like Rick, it would only happen when I was getting ready to record. Yep. And yeah. after a while, I just, I used to say, you know something, this is a feature of, of the podcast. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Enjoy it, folks. This is live. <laughs> this is this is what that's what it's all about. Yeah. When your listeners are, you know, they're on their drive, they're going somewhere, they've got a 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. What who are those individuals? Are they folks who are also outdoor enthusiasts? What what's what give a feel for what you know who they are, the ages, the genders, yeah. et cetera? Yeah. You know, it's everybody from brand founders like Jim Thompson. You know, I worked at Eagle Creek for 10 years. I interviewed Steve Barker and the founder of Eagle Creek. Doug Robinson is a really famous, renowned ski guide and climbing guide here in the Eastern Sierra. I worked with Doug way back in the day at Mont Bell. He and I are really good friends. I interviewed him. He was on a sat phone in Wyoming. And I didn't think it was going to work because the sat, you know, how sat phones are a little sketchy satellite phones. And it was perfect. We talked for an hour and a half. So, and then it's also, you know, people on the marketing side of a brand, they're marketers or sales guys or product designers, other media folks, PR folks, authors, just photographers. I, I, I cover also, you know, I've worked in the traditional outdoor business with brands like Jansport and Eagle Creek. Eagle Creek connected me to the adventure travel industry. So that's how I can get people from Sobek and mountain travel and all these other places and then I also am an avid fly fisherman. So I worked with uh, Umqua for a bit as a sales marketing guy. So I get into the fly fishing world. And as an outdoor photographer, I end up working at Lopro. So I have access to pretty much everything that touches the outdoor space. And I think now it's a lot easier to get guests now that podcasts are a thing than it was three years ago when I started. And now it's really people just say, yeah, it's a matter of finding the time because everybody's so busy, you know. You know, that, that was going to be a comment is it, it it seems like today people are more willing to be on the podcast, though sometimes it's I think it's still difficult because there's this hesitancy. Maybe they they've never thought about it and yeah. they're not ready to, you know, put their foot in the water. How do you if you have a, a guest that you I really want, I want this guy woman on the podcast, you know, I know them but you're having difficulty getting them to say yes. Is there a way a technique you use to, you know, kind of ease them into this? Cause it's such a wonderful opportunity. At least that's my perspective. I agree. I agree. Um, I haven't had that challenge. The challenge for me is all about timing. Right. But I think one of the things is everybody hates the sound of their own voice. And a lot of people also are, are a little shy, you know, they don't like to promote themselves. They don't like to talk about themselves. And some of the things I tell people is, you know, first of all, your voice or your voice is our voice. You know, don't, don't worry about your voice. Your voice is going to sound fine. Nobody likes the sound of their voice. And when they hear that, that kind of, cause I haven't met anybody that did, you know, everybody doesn't like it. I've come to like mine now that I've heard it so many times and everybody's getting me such great feedback, but most people don't like that. And then the other thing I tell them is, look, it's not really, you know, don't think about it as, you're talking to the world. You're talking to me. It's just us. Pretend we're in the aisles of outdoor. We have a beer, outdoor show. We have a beer. We're just chatting. 
And some of the questions I have, I think, you know, breaks the ice. How'd you get into the outdoor industry? And they start talking about trips and adventures and the gear piece, you know, so it's, it's, it's a way to, to help them get along. Once you start getting them to share the story, it's so much yeah. easier, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where do you see your role as a professional podcaster and accomplished podcaster going, you know, in the coming years? Because, I mean, you and I at the conference, I mean, you had your aha moments. I had mine. Yep. Where do you see yourself going within the this podcast medium? Well, I have a couple of, I think the first thing that I'm trying to do at the moment is really get the outdoor adventure industry excited, more excited about podcasts. There are more now than there were when I started, but I really think that especially the outdoor lifestyle industries, whether it's, it's outdoor or some other sports or action related activity, People don't always have time to, to go watch your YouTube video or read your blog post on your website. It's important that you do all that. But I think the other thing is a podcast is something that those of us that are really active can listen to any time. You know, we don't have to be near a computer. The, the, the Internet can be down. You know, the power can be off. And as long as we downloaded it to our phone, we can go listen to it any place, any time. So I think that's one of the, the, the huge opportunities. And you know, there's, we, we've kind of, I think we've confirmed podcasts are a thing. There's one and a half million active podcasts in the U S and 16 million listeners. So it's a thing. And, you know, online folks or active folks and podcasters typically are more likely to subscribe to Netflix or more likely. Yeah. To subscribe to Netflix and Amazon prime, meaning they're going to watch other video through those channels and probably less likely to be exposed to television advertising. So podcasts are a good place for people to, to advertise. They, they're pretty affluent. You know, they have a pretty decent income. And one of the things that if you go Google the, I think it's, um, I'm going to blank on the, on the media, but Edison infinite dial research, go get, go look up that Edison infinite dial research and Apple has some research and you'll find that, you know, some of the things that they say is, and they're interviewing listeners and listeners say that they're more likely to follow companies and brands that they've heard on a podcast because it's an, it's an authentic endorsement endorsement. It's not an ad, you know, you, they talk about a product or it's endorsed by me or endorsed by you as a sponsorship opportunity. So I just think there's a many, many ways that, that brands and businesses, even small businesses can benefit from a podcast. And it's not that hard to produce and pull off and you don't have to do it. You can get your staff to do it could be a different staff member every week. You can do a show once a month. You don't have to do it every week. You know, it's just, and your voice, you know, there's nothing like the human voice. I think your voice is your most important superpower. It's just the opportunity for you, for them to hear directly from you is huge. So. Yeah, that's very insightful. Have you thought about incorporating video into your podcast? Yeah, I thought about it. I haven't done it yet because it's another I don't know how to edit video. I edit still images. That's why I don't shoot much video because I really don't have it. And I don't have the time or the space. That's a lot of time. And again, it just goes back to that voice thing. I think your voice is just the most powerful thing you have. You know, I mean, you can, you can hear inflection, you can hear tone just by hearing someone's voice, you know, whether they're excited or upset or mad, whatever it is. So I think that's, I'm all about the voice right now. Maybe that'll change, but. 
I was at a Wisconsin outdoor communicators association, WOCA. So Dan Small, Patrick Durkin are members of that organization and also mm. OWAA. Mm. And there was a there was a gentleman at the conference who's a fly fisherman and he and his hobby was tying flies yeah and so we had agreed that we're going to do a podcast but he also wanted to do the you know have the visual so i think we're, we'll end up with a zoom interview yeah. and For tying flies you're probably going to need some video yeah yeah definitely have to have that yeah. rick as you look back at your career i mean you and i are we're in the same age range yeah yep. we're in the neighborhood i'm sure yeah yeah as you look back in your career, any surprises for you? Like, wow, and this is, you know, never expected that to happen. Or is this like one, one, you know, circumstance after another just kind of builds and just create opportunities along the way? Yeah, the whole, the whole thing is just, you know, I and mean, I feel so lucky because, as I said, I was going to go to school for architecture. You know, that was the thing. My sister's an attorney. You know, I remember sitting around the table Two times I thought my dad was going to kick me out of the family. Once was when we came back from touring the steel mill in Fontana, California. And my grandfather and him sat me down and said, okay, we'd get you a good job out there. And I'm like, there's enough money in the world that would get me to work out there. Hot. It was a hot, windy, sweaty day. And I'm like, no way. And then I came, you know, back from college and said, you know, I'm going to change my degree to outdoor recreation. And I thought he, I'm done. I'm out. He's going to kick me out. I'm not paying for anything. And I mean, I, you know, we were, we were a blue collar family, so we all paid our way a lot of the way, but it just, and then just, you know, I mean, from being a river guide and a, and an outdoor sixth grade camp teacher to ha being the director of sales at Eagle Creek and all some of the great brands I worked with and great people I met and some of these associations, whether it's an outdoor industry association or OWAA and all the great people, it's just one big serendipitous moment seems like to me, it's been great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> As you kind of take stock of where, what you've accomplished, where you're at today, are there some adventures that are still on your bucket list? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I've been to every continent but one. So I need to get to that one continent, Australia. But yeah, I've been, been to all those continents. I've got to trek and fish and hike and do all those things all around the world. I caught a uh, rooster fish on the fly this a couple of days ago down in Loreto, Mexico. That was one of the bucket list items. But there's so many. I mean, whether it's an iconic photo that you want to capture or a fish that you want to get or one of those just iconic places, you know, that you want to go experience for yourself up uh, for yourself up close and personal. It's just I don't I, yeah, I don't I don't have it all listed out, but there's so many places in the world to see, you know, just amazing. Well, what I love is that I mean, just your background and the fact you have traveled and with and the adventures that you have taken people on and helped people through these products, you definitely have a worldview. And that that I think is so important because so yeah. much going on, you know, around this globe and, you know, good travel, taking care of the environment. And there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for somebody with your expertise just to, <laughs> well, thank you. And seeing how other people live too, is pretty eye opening. You know, you go to, you know, the Serengeti in Africa and see how some of those folks live or Kathmandu and, you know, it's or the Caucasus mountains. I mean, we were over there on the border of Russia and we went to this one place where there was a Russian outpost with guards and guns. And those guys just lived in these huts, you know, it's just like, it's incredible to see how people live. So, yeah. 
it's a, it's a small world, really, when you think of it. Yes, definitely. Is there a a website or online journal, perhaps a book that you could share with our listeners? We kind of call this the insight to go, you know, for our listeners and try to do it almost every show. And it's, it's just something you would leave for our, our listening audience, some insight or recommendation that like, you guys got to check this out. What would what, come to mind for you? Oh man, so many books. Let's see. It would either be a book or one of my insights, I think. Whoops. One of my insights is really, I think, you know, I think I, I don't think you can go wrong with any adventure book. I don't really have any specific books. You know, some of my favorites were, you know, by the usual writers that we all know, the you know, the outdoor guys. But the thing that I think has gotten me through a lot of crazy situations, scary situations, is something I learned in sports. You know, I was, I was a baseball, football player, and you, we're all going to make mistakes. We all are going to screw up a job. We're going to blow an interview. We're going to do something. And sometimes it's going to be a bigger deal than another times. But what you really have to do is you made the mistake. That's water under the bridge. Forget about it. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Put your glove back on and get back in the game. Because then the ball's coming to you again. Make sure you don't drop it this time, you know. So that's that's my insight to go, I think. I love it. By the way, have you watched Ted Lasso? I haven't. Oh yeah. man, you got to check it out. It's I'll it, check it out. it'll be you could stream two two seasons in a week and on Apple. Oh, cool. And yeah. it's free. But I actually rewatching it, but there was a quote in one of the episodes is be a goldfish. Because goldfish <laughs> don't have a memory. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you, Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, listen, I like it. Yeah. So Rick, if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work and you know, just you know, everything from the podcast and the photography, where's the best places for them to go? The best place to find me is ricksays.com. That's where all my, um, you go to ricksays.com slash listen. That's where my podcast lives. It's, it's on all the podcast places too, Apple everywhere. Sure. And then you can go to ricksays.com slash look, and that's where all my photos are. And then ricksays.com slash learn is where some of my coaching stuff doesn't quite live yet, but we're still working on that part. I just redid this website, but that's where you can get involved with me. And I, I coach people on podcasting. I still help people get a product design if they have an idea or help them through uh and do some consulting with some brands and stuff so i do a lot of that stuff but yeah that's where everything is and then all the socials it's either rick says or the outdoor biz podcast and all the socials okay sounds good well we will definitely provide the backlinks to the the website ricksays.com as well as to your social sites rick it's been yeah it's been a pleasure to get to know you further i was such a i was literally looking forward to meeting you and attending your workshop at the uh, OWAA conference and and it was great workshop and looking forward to to seeing you up in uh, Casper this coming May. Yeah. We'll get together in Casper again. That'll be fun. You got it. And thank you, Howard. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Well, we will definitely uh, look forward to to sharing this episode with our audience and between the two of us, we're going to get people even more excited about podcasts. Excellent. We'll do it. I love it. All right. Okay, folks, we have just been chatting with Rick Says. He's an adventurer, author, an accomplished photographer, and a podcaster. He's the host of the Outdoor Biz Podcast. And what a pleasure to 
you know, hear from Rick and have him share his journey from deciding, you know, I'm not going to go into architecture and found his way into out the outdoor recreation space and then sales and then ultimately into this really being a you know podcasting superstar with wonderful uh, series the outdoor biz podcast and do you want to check those out and just some great interviews with some of the leading products and the the, the leaders of those companies to really get some insightful information and uh, about not only how they got into the outdoor space and their journey but really about the products uh, that they are making available into the outdoor folks just like me who, you know, where if you're a fly fisherman, a photographer, a camper, you know, there's there's a product just for you. As far as Rick, do check him out on his website, ricksays.com, and we'll provide that backlink, and you can then get to his photography, his classes, as well as his podcast, and you'll also be able to get links back to his social sites as well. Okay, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do go out there, have a phenomenal day. Do remember to check us out on successinsightpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn, as well as the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and especially Spotify, where we have our Outdoor Adventure Series playlist. Okay, folks, uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, You know, the holidays are coming up, so be safe, have fun, take care of uh, your families, the community, and we will see you on another episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series on the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com. 